0: This episode of the MS Dev show is brought to you by Infragistics. Their developer toolkits provide world-class controls targeting Windows, web, iOS, Android, Xamarin forms and more. Whether you're an individual developer or part of an enterprise team, they have something for you. Check out the latest today at infragistics.com. Welcome to the MS Dev show, episode number 52. This week we have an abundance of developer news including some build 2015 pre-announcements a great video for Microsoft encouraging young girls to pursue science, Carl Talks Design, and Carl and I debate the need for graceful JavaScript degradation. Hey, Carl, no guest this week, but we got lots of good stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff has uh, has piled up because we pre-recorded some episodes. So how have you been? I've been doing pretty good, uh, kind of settling into a new
1: client that I'm working at and uh, just getting ready for uh, a, a real fun summer of speaking and, uh, you know, sharing uh some of the new stuff that's coming up with uh windows platform
0: cool yeah it's always it's always cool getting a new client because you you know you kind of get that fresh start and um it, it's it's cool to be able to do that every once in a while
1: Yep. and and i actually wrote my first java since uh college so oh that's pretty cool yeah uh, java's actually pretty good these days it, it's a lot different than the, some of the experiences i had previously so yep, I'm doing a
0: little bit of android development now okay pretty cool so let's jump into feedback. We actually had way 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 too much feedback to go over, but we've picked some of the comments and uh we will uh we will make an attempt to to get caught up with all the comments as as uh as we record more shows. But uh let's see what do we got here. So on Facebook, uh we had uh Jerry Navarro. Uh so he was asking, he said I was listening to one of the to the one of podcasts. Well, that's interesting. I think he phrase that wrong. Yeah. It was with Lindsay Garrity. I was thrilled to learn some tips on starting a career, but I was wondering what are some tips to land a software developer job straight out of college. I'm currently majoring in computer science. And you had, uh, you had a lengthy answer. You had a, you had a good answer in there and, uh, this was all on Facebook. So I guess I would, I would encourage people to go take a look at your response to that. And then people can also comment on that and, uh, provide additional tips. So Jerry, we re- we appreciate you commenting on Facebook. Uh, and then what else do we have, Carl? A Twitter comment?
1: Yep. There is a Twitter comment from David West, and he said he was just trying to explore new podcasts, and he found uh, the MS Dev Show episode with uh, Laurie Lalonde, and he said it was a great listen. I know. That's great to hear.
0: Yep. Thanks for the feedback on that, uh, David. Yep. We love any of the feedback. Uh, let's see. We had an email from Tom, Thomas Bonek. Uh, so he said, I just wanted to write in and say thanks for the great podcast. I'm currently driving semi for a living, so I can afford to finish my degree in computer science. And the lack of being in a computer while I'm on the road hurts. However, listening to the pot, this podcast while driving keeps me in the loop and it entertains my brain uh, from wanting to run over cars. Looking forward to many more episodes. And again, thanks for all you guys do. That is awesome. You know, cause anytime I'm in the car, I can only stand to listen to so much music. I'm not, I'm not really a big music guy. I have to listen to podcasts. So I'm, I'm totally there. If I was driving truck, I would be listening to audiobooks and podcasts all day long for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, And for anybody who doesn't know me, I actually worked in a factory for 10 years while I was going through school. So I can really relate to Thomas here. Um, I found out that, you know, when I was working those extended hours and going to school, um, just listening to the radio cranked would not keep me alert while driving. I found out that listening to audio was a way to engage my brain and still keep me alert. So, yeah. You can learn things, Uh, yeah, and that's how I kind of got hooked on podcasts, listening to them. You know, finding out you know all the great content that's out there. So we really appreciate uh, your comments, Thomas, and thanks
0: for listening. And then we had a tweet from Nigel Sampson said, "If you're looking for another good .NET podcast, check out MS Dev Show." So we always appreciate anybody who promotes the show. That's huge for us because we're you know we're not uh, we're not like making millions of dollars or anything. In fact, you know it's it's. It costs us money to run the show. So we we really appreciate people helping us get the word out. And uh, you can send us an email. If you want to send feedback, you can send it to feedback at msdevshow.com. Um, or if you want to do it in public, you can comment on Facebook. Uh, we love iTunes reviews. If you leave us a star review or uh, actually put a message in there, we love those. And that really helps spread the word about the show. So we appreciate every single one of those and we read all of them. Okay, so we have Build coming up next week. So our schedules are getting a little crazy. And uh, so we thought one of the things that we would talk about is, um, you know, one of some of the stuff that we're hoping to hear, um, rumors that we've heard, things like that. So uh, why don't you break it down for us, Carl? Let's start with Windows.
1: So I, you wanted to talk about a new flagship phone. And, you know, prior to uh, I, I don't know if you heard, but the I, I want to say it was Acer or Asus, uh, one of those uh, CEOs mentioned Mm -hmm. that Windows 10 is going to be shipping end of July, which is a which Microsoft said summer. But a lot of people assumed, you know, what's the last day in summer? And this brings it up quite a bit. So with that, you know, you know, I'm still not sure if they're going to announce a phone at build. Um, Yeah. In in the past, they've given away stuff that we kind of knew was coming and maybe they were the first ones to get it. I know that happened with the 920. They got them uh, like a week before anybody else was able to purchase them. So uh, w- when it comes to announcing new flagship I mean it would be nice but I c- I kind of have doubts on that.
0: Yeah, I just had it here with a question mark. I have no I have no insight into this. But we're definitely uh, due for one. I mean, we have there's the the 1520, there's the uh the the 1020 which is which is getting really old. Oh, and then what what is yours there? It's the M the HTC 1 M8. Oh, it's the M8, okay. Yeah, which is actually uh, a pretty nice phone as well. Yep, and uh HTC did uh announce that
1: the M nine will come in a windows variant as well. So we can continue looking to looking forward to having high end
0: uh, windows phones on HTC. Excellent. So I will, I guess we just have to wait a couple days to find out crossing our fingers. Uh, And then I, you know, one of the other big things around windows and some of the questions is around uh, universal apps. Um, You know what, what that's going to end up doing. Um, I, I think it's huge that you can write the same app across all of these different devices. Um, and it'll be interesting to to learn, you know, more details about that. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, in-depth coverage on that. I know the, cause the build schedule is not out yet. Correct. I think that usually comes out like last minute.
1: Yes. In the
0: past it has. Yeah. So we don't even know what the, what the schedule is yet and what all the sessions are going to be.
1: No, but you know, I I can guarantee you with the push that Microsoft has had with the universal app and their, that platform, um, we're going to hear a lot about it. Um, uh, Go to the show notes. We have a link. They've already released um, uh, universal app examples uh, mm-hmm. using the Windows 10 SDK, so you can kind of see what that new model looks like. And it has changed quite a bit. In the past, there was kind of that shared project thing, and and that's kind of uh, going away. You'll just be able to have you know one project, one binary, one output that you put push out to all the stores. So you'll be able to see that. Um, you know, right now, if you go out to GitHub and look for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, there's going to be, I think a good push, uh, explaining all that. Um, another thing that this is just me guessing, um, but there's been a lot of comments over the last several months that WPF is not dead. You know, there's been right. some people concerned, like, you know, Hey, we haven't seen anything new from WPF. Uh, we do know that they put the WPF team back together. And I would assume that there's going to be some, uh, uh, at, at least a
0: couple of sessions regarding WPF and what's coming out with that. Yeah, there's a lot of people to be excited about that. So that's pretty cool. But I think the um, yeah, regarding like the the universal apps, I think combining having the, the same app and the same store really helps combine all of those numbers and make it much, much more appealing. I know on uh, Twitter on This Week in Tech, Leo Laporte keeps saying he's like, this is this is the thing that changes it for for them. You know, they didn't they didn't have the resources to write separate apps. But now, you know, they're interested in writing an Xbox app and now being able to write the same app across Xbox the whole way down to phone. Now they're interested and they can actually afford to do it. So that's pretty exciting to me.
1: Yeah. One of the things I was just going to give out as a news item is, uh, but since I already mentioned that universal apps is there's Mm -hmm. actually a specific API in there now for flashlights. So Microsoft, if you're into making a flashlight app, it'll be way easier now (laughs) to do it. Well, before in the past, you'd have to go into the media controls themselves, into the video control. It was like
0: a camera thing, right?
1: Yeah. And you had to mess with the camera, which would kind of mess with all the other media functions that were there. And it wasn't that elegant to do. It was totally possible. And there's tons of examples. It wasn't too hard. But now you'll be able to query for the lamp, uh, its capabilities. So some of them have color controls on them. You can adjust the brightness of the lamps. I mean, it's just... There's just a ton of stuff out there. So in the show notes, there will also be a link to the GitHub where they show an example on how to do all that lamp uh, and flashlight SDK
0: stuff. There you go. Write your flashlight app and get rich. It's it's a it's pretty much a sure thing. <laughs> no, actually, I love I love iOS, how they, they they put a flashlight button in the I don't know what you call it. The thing that comes up from the bottom that tray. Yeah, from that from that tray. So, you know, there had to be like a, a million Flashlight app developers like no (laughs) a button completely replaced their app.
1: Yeah. I mean it seems Uh, a little bit ridiculous, but as long as there isn't a fart API, then I I think people are safe.
0: Yeah. And and the thing is, like these these flashlight apps are actually important. Like I I use it all the time. It's it's incredibly useful. You know, you you're like looking for something under bed or you're like, you know, behind something, or you're working even even like working on a car or in an engine, you know, you pull over the side of the road, having that in there is is actually shockingly useful. Okay. So let's talk about Azure and and actually kind of a general comment about build this year. One thing I've noticed is that there's, there's been a lot more pre announcements. At least it feels like that to me. Uh, there were a lot of, um, a lot of things coming out ahead of time. So one example that, um, and these are sort of, they're, they're sort of teasers slash announcements, I would say. So like the Azure service fabric and some information came about, out about that. There was a blog post on it. I think we talked about it, um, I don't know if we talked about that one on the show, and then there was also the Azure IoT suite uh, that was announced at Convergence, and those announcements came out, and it's sort of a high level, and I suspect what we're going to see is is quite a bit more in depth coverage on on some of those topics. Uh, but it's kind of neat that that we were sort of primed ahead of time, and then also around like uh, container technology and and some of the the functionality there, and I'm guessing we're going to see a, a pretty in depth view of that, and then I suspect at uh, Ignite uh, week after next. Um, probably more around that as well. So it's kind of neat that we have a little bit more insight than I I think we've seen other years. Um, And then of course you can, you can watch um, I think you can watch pretty much all the sessions live, right, Carl?
1: Um, I know in years past that most of them, the
0: keynote at least.
1: Yeah. The keynote was live and a good chunk of the other sessions were, and for sure, all of them were posted within 48 hours. So you could watch them on demand afterwards.
0: Yep, and that's that's pretty huge, and they, they're always like good quality recordings too. So you can definitely go check those out after. Um, Carl and I will be there. Carl will actually be at Build. I will just be in the area. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, if you want to meet uh, basically the entire MS Dev Show staff at Build this year, that's uh, Carl and I. <laughs> you can. Um, so let's see, Carl, where are we going to be? So we're going to be at the Build Blogger Bash.
1: Yep, it's something that somebody else is putting on. We're just crashing it, and uh, we're going to be there. <laughs> um there's no advanced sign up uh it's going to be at the irish bank which is about a half mile from the convention center so it's it's fairly close and then it's going to be on thursday april 30th from 5 30 to 8 30 or whenever they run out run out of beer so
0: okay do they ever these (laughs) things ever fill up like if you show up at like 6 30 is it going to be packed I i mean there's a chance that we might not be able to get in
1: um I let's just say I will be there. I I, I don't care. I I I want to meet people. I there's a lot of people that people that I want to see that are going to be there as well. So, um, i will be crying it, outside the door. No, <laughs> it, in years past, they have had um a sign up for it and it did fill up fairly quickly.
0: Um okay.
1: I'm assuming though from what they made it sound uh that it's going to be a a pretty open and large venue.
0: Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's uh, the list of people going is pretty awesome as well. Do you have um do you have that list up? Um, I think I, I think I closed it. I don't have the list, but it, uh, Mary Jo Foley, Paul Therai, oh, I have it um yep, Sam Tom Sh- Warren from The Verge, um, Ed Bott from ZDNet, Peter Bright from Ars Technica, and Daniel Rubino from uh, Windows Phone Central. Those are all people that I follow, so that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, what do we got next? Uh, Microsoft earnings, and we—I don't think we normally talk about earnings, but I, I just thought this was pretty. There were some interesting things in here that were pretty positive. Uh, the first one being, uh, surface revenue up 44% over the previous quarter. Um, it made $713 million in revenue in a single quarter. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I thought that, uh, I thought that was a big deal. And, uh, Lumia phones up 18%. Um, office 365 is up 35%, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then the cloud, my favorite up 106%. How awesome is that over the previous quarter? That is huge. I mean, cloud is just is just rocking it.
1: Yeah. And and I think this alone wasn't newsworthy, but I did see an article, I believe it was by the USA Today, comparing it to Google's earnings. And once again, Google was down a bit. So, So, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, are on the Google bandwagon and, you know, it's nice seeing Microsoft just quietly outperforming them, you know, not letting that get in their way.
0: Yeah, it keeps happening where I I see all this this doom and gloom. I mean, if you if you literally search for uh, news stories that were a few days before, it was just like, yeah, they expect, you know, massive losses, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then the stock price shot up because it's like, oh, Microsoft beats analyst expectations. And uh, it just keeps happening time and time again. So but what I really like about this, though, is being able to look in these specific categories and see, you know, like what's up and what's down. I think that's that's pretty telling. And it's also showing, you know, the 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 push for cloud, I think, is the right one. And uh, it's 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 good to see this paying off. Okay, uh what else do we have in here? How to center in CSS. That that's impossible. So I don't I don't know what this page is talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you go to howtocenterincss.com. I mean, like Jason mentioned, a lot of people have a hard time centering, especially if you want to do a vertical center. I mean, how dare you for even thinking about that. But what's cool about this is uh it's an interactive form. You just say, you know, what you want to center and, mm-hmm. and you just give it a bunch of information and at the end it spits out uh the code that you need to get your item centered the way that you wanted it
0: cool yeah i went through and (laughs) i said said what do you want to center i said i want to center a div uh height unknown uh width unknown container unknown unknown alignment i want it centered horizontally and centered vertically generate code and boom i have some code here
1: yeah and they show it with inline styling but that's easy enough to extract yourself so um yep yeah i think this this is a great resource if you if you just want it figure it out quick and don't want to deal with, you know, other things, just another resource to keep in the back of your pocket.
0: Yep. Sounds good to me. Uh, Let's see. Everyone has JavaScript, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's been a lot, you know, a lot of times, especially recently where I try to look up a site on my phone and it just doesn't look right. I'll refresh the page and all of a sudden, bam, it comes in. And it just makes me realize that a lot of times we just assume that the client is going to receive all of the information all of the time and this page just kind of goes through all of the things that can go wrong and it isn't until the very end when everything has gone right that we can assume well maybe they got it because even if they get it it's not guaranteed that your javascript works
0: uh, yeah i i don't know i so i um a few years ago i was i was huge on graceful degradation if the if the client didn't have javascript and i i got I actually got some flack about it from my coworkers. and this was actually before I even knew you, Carl, like this is, this is a while back, uh, back in those days. And, uh, cause you know, like people would turn off JavaScript, like you could, you could legitimately browse the web with, with JavaScript turned off. And, um, and then things changed. I mean, like just everybody did it and it just became this thing where you can't browse the web without, without JavaScript. Right.
1: Yeah. But I, I guess part of it too, is like, there's some sites that they just throw one div up there and they do do everything else via JavaScript. And You know, sometimes you have to realize that you have to have at least a minimal fallback. I'm not saying that you have to be totally, you know, you know, fully graceful all the time, but at least make it so I can see the bare minimum of what I need to get to.
0: Yeah. So I guess what is the what is the data behind that, though? Like what what percentage of people would actually have that issue? Because, I mean, are you going to have the same percentage of people that are on, say, IE6? And, you know, cause people have already decided like, Hey, we're just not going to support this no matter what, like we, well, we just, it, cause there's a cost associated with doing that.
1: Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, something like that, but you have to remember how many people are going to access this, uh, on a, on a phone where they might not even lose connection, but have like, Hey, I switched cell towers and it somehow through a, a hiccup in the download of, of that particular script. Yeah. And you know, the browser thinks we're done now. Yeah. So in, in that case, you know, it's incomplete. It's not going to work. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And sometimes if we just remember that, we can make some subtle changes in order to make sure that what we're building, you know, is, is at least uh, has a minimal usage.
0: For- right. Yeah. I'm just in, in the world of Angular now, like I'm, it, it it becomes really difficult to do this because, like you said, some pages have a single div. And if you, if you sort of embrace that and you, you build this amazing website, um, uh, I'm not sure what you, what you do whenever the JavaScript doesn't come down, you know, if your whole site depends on it, I think at that point, maybe you, maybe at a, a bare minimum is to throw something up saying, Hey, JavaScript didn't load. Sorry. Like, please refresh or use a different browser, or like have some troubleshooting steps. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to handle that. But yeah, this, this page was, um, it was, it was opening too. Cause it showed like how many ways that this can fail. It's not just, you know, they have it turned off. That's just one of the things on the long list here. Do they have add-ons or plugins installed, which inject script or alter the DOM in ways you didn't anticipate? I've seen pages get messed up with that.
1: Well, another big one, too, is there's uh, uh, companies like Verizon and Comcast. They inject Mm -hmm. their own JavaScript, which quite often doesn't play nice with others.
0: Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Don't do that. Carl, I'm sorry to interrupt this, but I got to talk about something that's really cool. Uh, so what I wanna, is it? I want to talk about Infragistics. So they have controls for pretty much every platform. So they have, for example, for desktop applications, they cover controls for Windows Forms, WPF, Windows 8, uh, lots of mobile controls. So Windows Phone, iOS, Android, and, and also Xamarin, which is really cool. So I was working on uh, a Xamarin project recently, and uh, they have controls that will actually work within Xamarin Forms, and then they automatically work across all of the platforms. And then they also cover web, um, ASP.NET MVC, jQuery, you name it, they got it.
1: Yeah, I'm working on a WPF app right now, and I wanted to check out some of their controls. They got an app that you can download where it has examples of everything that you need. So if you want like a color picker or something, you can go on there, you can play with it. You can toggle all the different options. They even show like all the different XAML and code behind that needed to interact with it it's it's a nice way to get used to uh something before you just go ahead jump in and and pay for it
0: and then they also have this amazing prototyping pool out there tool out there called indigo studio so this is really cool i haven't seen this before but you go out there and you can actually rapidly build an app with this application so you can build a, a demo so if you have an idea you can actually prototype this and then it's usable you can actually navigate through all the screens. Um, And you could show this to your stakeholders and get funding for your project. It's really cool. And then you can actually demo this right out in your browser. So there's some samples out there. If you go out and check out their Indigo Studio and scroll down to the sample section, uh, you can actually view some of these samples right in your browser, which is really cool. So you got to go check those out.
1: And not only that, but they have community uh, made uh, samples as well. So things that other people have just donated out for you to check out.
0: Very cool. And then there's also a lot of great enterprise solutions, such as Report Plus for making dashboards, and then also Share Plus, which is a great way to work with SharePoint in, in a mobile application. So check it all out at infragistics.com. And there are free trials, so you have nothing to lose. And like you said, you can download these applications and check all this stuff out ahead of time. So we want to thank them for their support of the MS Dev Show. Um, Adam Shell is now Electron. I know in the past we've talked about Adam.io,
1: the uh, text editor. Um mm-hmm. and what uh, has been ha- what happened was somebody t- took kind of the the framework for that and kind of turned it to a desktop shell that you could just you know uh, give your HTML to and get a desktop app right with your web content and uh, that was called Atom Shell and recently they just rebranded to Electron and you know I thought this was important to bring up not because they rebranded but I don't think we had talked about Atom Shell very much on the show. And what's really cool is there's some like big names out there like Slack uses Mm -hmm. this. So they have, you know, all of their codes optimized for WebKit and uh, Electron uh, uses uh, Google for its web rendering engine. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, you can see that it looks identical to their website. And from their point of view, it's very minimal work. So if you're looking into taking, you know, if you have a web app or you're looking to build a web app and you also want a, a desktop variant of it. Uh, this could be a, a really nice piece of technology for you to use to get that pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, because I mean, uh, you know, JavaScript, CSS, HTML is the it's the ultimate, you know, cross platform uh, UI design language, right? It's the most it's had the most man hours put into it. Let's put it that way. Um, and I think this name change like Adam is the name's almost too short. So I'm kind of glad that they changed it because if I say electron to somebody like they might they, they I think they'd actually know what I'm talking about. I would always say, you know, Hey, have you tried Adam? (laughs) It's like, who's Adam? Or, you know, it's just, the name is just too short. That's why sublime text was always good. People, people were either like, what is that? Or, or they knew what it was. Uh, Okay. What else we got here? How MVC six discovers controllers.
1: Yeah. So MVC, MVC six is coming out um, pretty soon and Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work exactly how previously, um, you know, MVC worked uh, before. They give it a, a bunch more capabilities. And this guy just gives has a really good article. Not going to get into all the details, but he describes, you know, how how it looks for controllers mm-hmm. and essentially what you can do to get your own custom code in there um, and have it so it's discovered as a controller, too. Uh, okay. For example, you know, you know, I obviously knew that if you inherit from, uh the controller or controller base. I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head, but it's
0: just controller.
1: If you inherit from controller, I mean, you're obviously a controller and then it'll work, but you can also have a Mm -hmm. POCO that just ends in controller and that, uh, that can be discovered as a controller as well. And, uh, and it shows all of the other out of the box rules that have to happen where it has to be a class. It can't be abstract. It has to be public it can't be a nested class. It can't be generic. You know, it has to have that naming constructor and or inherit from the controller in, and it can't have the not controller attribute on it. You know, so there's a bunch of things that happen, but it's actually really simple. So if you want to kind of do some funny or funky stuff with your code, um, this is just, you know, a quick article to make sure that it'll still get uh, recognized properly.
0: Yeah. I mean, this follows the sort of the MVC style, right, where by default it it works. It's fairly convention-based, but then you can actually go in there and modify any of the plumbing that you want. I shouldn't say modify. You can replace any of the plumbing and just hook it in, which is, uh, which is great. It looks like they give you a little bit more flexibility there. Uh, great video from Microsoft. Oh, this one was awesome. This was a YouTube video um well the title here is a uh, this viral video from Microsoft and How Girls Feel About Science is fantastic. And this was awesome. I don't this was from a while ago. Um actually no, it says uh April nineteenth.
1: April nineteenth. It feels yeah. like a while ago because of all the feedback that we got when we <laughs> when we tweeted this out. Uh yeah, we this, got
0: this was this is an awesome, awesome video.
1: Yeah, it shows uh them interviewing little girls and asking, you know, what they thought about science. Mm-hmm. And um what was nice is at, at the end um, you know, it was it was very positive all the way through, and at the end, they gave them little cards saying, "Hey, we hope someday that you can do awesome science for us." And it yeah. said Microsoft at the end. And then at the end, they also had uh, an email address. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was essentially, you know, in a year like like twenty twenty six or something. You know, like <laughs> you know, come, you know, come work for us in the future.
0: Yeah, no, that was really cool, and the girls and I seemed like super excited and um uh, because they were all interested in science and that's yeah. just it's just really cool to see and i'm actually uh, i'm actually going to my kid's school today to uh, i'm going to going to start teaching them scratch or it's probably one day of scratch and then i'm going to see how how they handle that and then figure out the 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 next place to take it but uh it'll be kind of neat to see uh you know to see the reactions and and the excitement over that uh okay so definitely wa- go watch that video and we'll have a link to that in the show notes um, animating list items in windows apps
1: yeah these next couple of uh, news articles are deal with either animation or design or a combination thereof you know I, i've been kind of looking over apps in general s- specifically my apps you know and it's easy to just kind of throw some stuff out there but with just a little bit of work on you know thinking of why it is somewhere and or or adding a little bit of animation in the right way can really make, you know, make your app stand out. And this first one is if you have a, a list item, you can actually apply animation to the template and get some really nice um, effects from it. So mm-hmm. if, if you go to the, uh, the the website, it's at visually located.com. Uh, Sean, the author has a bunch of just modifications on it. So it shows you, animating, you know, many different effects and with a nice little YouTube video on there as well. Um, it's really easy to add these. Um, so if you know, if you already have your app done, this is something that you can easily just append to your current, uh, you know, your current code and do it right in the XAML.
0: Cool. And it's not it's not obnoxious either. I think we've there's been like a pendulum swing of of um, animation. No. And, and, and we've sort of ended up in the middle here where. Where we have something that looks good, uh, doesn't get in the way, but it just adds, it's just a little bit of polish on it.
1: Yeah. And and the way he does it too, is he shows you is, you know, it lets you tweak everything. So if you don't like it, it's not really hard to figure out. It's very discoverable from what he gives you. So if you want to do just a little bit more, or you want to do things slightly different, it's really easy to go through and even use IntelliSense to figure out what else is there.
0: Okay. So speaking of animation, custom pivot header (laughs) with animation is our next one.
1: So where, where's that? That first article was a, was a nice light article. This is a very dense article. Um, uh, we've had Lance McCarthy on the show and he just released an app where he has this nice effect where he makes the pivot headers stationary, but still has some animation about so you know, which one is selected. And he, excuse me, has a really detailed, um, article on how to, uh, modify all of the templates and animations. I mean, he even gets to the, you know, the storyboards and, uh, and and the keyframes. And it's, like I said, it's dense, but if you really want to get into, uh, you know, maybe your first in-depth animation or, or styling, uh, this would be a really good resource to just get in there, wrap your head around, follow along with his code examples.
0: (laughs) So, so here's all you need to know. There is one comment. Here's the comment. Hot damn. That's a good looking pivot. Well done. And thanks for this post. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it is a very sharp looking um, animation. And if you have the app, it, it's really smooth and fluid.
0: Cool. Uh, and then the next one is another design one material design for WPF.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, take a little bit of backstory, you know, when Windows Phone came out and really pushed the Metro concept. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Android and iOS, you can tell, obviously, you know, pulled a lot from that. A lot of those design They were con- inspired. They were inspired. <laughs> but they also kind of, you know, use that to leapfrog ahead. And Google really put a lot of effort into something called material design. Mm-hmm. And uh what this guy does is he has uh this is a GitHub repo that has a material design in XAML. So if you have a XAML app that you you want to add some of those material design concepts to, you can uh you know pull down his repo and, and apply it. And it's pretty full featured. If you look, if you look at it, uh, he's got some really nice, um, effects. Like when you click on a button, it'll do a little a- animation, you know, flip over to show that you selected it. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, I was talking to him, uh, actually, um, as he was working through some of this stuff and he just recently added, uh, a calendar control that looks just really sharp. Oh, it um, looks great. Yeah. yeah. They,
0: there's like, there's, um, some some animated pictures here showing some of these controls in it. <clears throat> it just looks phenomenal.
1: Yep. And uh, another thing that's really cool is uh, he's made this entirely themable. So if you want to change all, any of the colors and stuff, you're just not, you're not stuck with, you know, the default look or whatever, but you can still get, you know, all that work that he's done behind it. Uh, this is really well done. And like I said, if you want to make uh, a more current looking app, this might be something you want to look into.
0: Cool. And then um, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 do. Share. did you want to talk about sharing contracts?
1: Yeah. So in, in windows 10, this is really cool. Um, uh, you know, or actually I'll step back in windows eight. Uh, there is the concept of a sharing contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like a the biggest thing is if you were on a web page, you could hit the share and you could share that, you know, link to an email. You could share it to another app that, you know, said that, Hey, I understand URLs. Uh, but one of the things that sucked is it was limited to the, uh, the Metro or, or windows store style apps. Mm-hmm. And you can share it with the desktop apps. In Windows 10, there's APIs added to Win32, uh, WinForms, and WPF apps. So now you'll be able to share with any application that has implemented that uh, sharing contract.
0: Excellent. So, yeah, there's no reason why that needs to be isolated to universal apps. So that's cool.
1: No, I thought that was one of the one of the really more useful features of Windows 8 that came. But it just kind of sucked that it was pigeonholed
0: to only the new stuff. So yeah. Let's see here Microsoft makes it easy for uh, Xbox one owners to cut cable yeah so I saw this <clears throat> so it's basically like a USB dongle that plugs into your Xbox and then at the other end uh, you hook it up to an antenna um, or theoretically you could hook this up to cable as well right for the for the clear channels.
1: Uh, I'm not sure about the clear channel stuff, okay. but this is, this I guess is, it's
0: advertised as an OTA tuner over the air.
1: Yeah. This is specifically, they've partnered with Hapage or however you pronounce that uh, to yeah. create an over the air <laughs> tuner. And for someone like me, I've, I cut the cable almost two years ago now and it's, I haven't looked back, but one of the compelling things about with the Xbox is, you know, being able to control media saying, Hey, I want to go watch the, you know, the sports channel I want or whatever. Uh, but not having that over the air integration or at least i haven't seen that um you know it was kind of a holdback for me even getting an xbox one so now that Mm -hmm. this is coming out i have a more compelling case uh (laughs) from uh for whenever you expect
0: expect that to work carl
1: (laughs) good luck carl we'll we'll bring that up in the next episode well I, i recently got a new vehicle where the uh the entertainment system you can plug uh a gaming system into it's one of the things that they advertised and one of the first things my kids said oh, and, when they and figured that out the outlet right yep it's got the outlet and the stuff so i could actually hook an xbox one into our our new that's vehicle. awesome
0: yeah because it's got the uh because all the controllers are wireless so they could that's, that's really cool they could be playing xbox uh, on the way yeah i just i got back from a 10-day vacation to orlando and we drove 20 hours each way and uh, having a gaming system in there, like you know, we we, sh- we could have brought our our Wii as well, and they they could have played Mario Kart probably for twenty hours. So that would have been awesome. The only issue is uh, internet connectivity, but you'd have so you'd have to turn on internet sharing, but uh, you can make it work. I'm curious how much uh, bandwidth the, the Xbox One takes. I have no but, idea. Yeah, but anyway, getting off topic. So this is cool because I I actually bought a separate box to do this. But what ends up happening is the Xbox One sends out the IR commands to the TV tuner and. Whenever you pick something in the guide on the Xbox One, let's say chan, let's say it's channel fifty-two, it literally has to send out the IR codes for like five, two, and it's slow, and then you have to wait for the box. So I'm guessing this is way, way better since the Xbox could just control this thing directly and and bypass the whole channel changing issue.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is going to be huge for a lot of people because this is something that more and more people are are considering if they even need their cables or dish subscriptions anymore.
0: Yeah cool. Okay. What else we got here? Math for eight year olds, graph theory for kids. This, I, I love this article. This was, this was really cool. It's not just for kids.
1: <laughs> no. Um, yeah, this was one of my favorite classes when I went to college was graph theory. And mm-hmm. I, I think that it's really nice just showing how approachable this topic is, uh, for children. And, um, yeah, when we talk about, uh, before that, about that video, that Microsoft encouraging girls into science, this is, you know, this is, Let's just encourage more advanced math. This is technically an advanced math concept, but mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, kids can understand, you know, totally. let, let's get this pushed down. Even if even if you can't get it into the schools, this is something that, you know, a parent in one evening could get, you know, 80 percent of graph theory to their children.
0: Yeah, this just shows like the the evolution of education, too. Right. Because I think, you know, as time goes on, like education, we, we keep getting more and more advanced math down to, to lower grade levels. I mean, my kids are doing math at lower grade levels that, that I never did. And, um, you know, I think this is really, um, really showing that, that, that we've gotten, we've gotten better and better at making these concepts easier for humans to understand. And, uh, and I think that's, that's really cool. So if your school isn't, you know, doing something like this, you can actually, you could actually sit down with your kids and walk through it. And, uh, it's just such a neat concept. Oh, let's see what's next. Ikea makes it crazy easy to add wireless charging stations to all furniture.
1: So I, I thought this was really cool. Um, Ikea is embedding uh, more wireless charging options into some of their furniture by default. Mm-hmm. But if you you know, have existing Ikea or any other furniture, what they do is they sell this drill bit that will cut uh, a very particular size circular hole in your furniture where you mm-hmm. want that wireless charging to be. And in there, you place the insert with the wireless charger. And now, uh, in a matter of minutes, you can get a wireless charging spot in your existing furniture.
0: That is very cool. What is the standard? Is it Qi? I,
1: it, this one is Qi.
0: Okay, yeah, the Qi standard can be hard to find. Okay, perfect.
1: Yeah, I, I know that it's, you know, very common on many, um, you know, Samsung, uh, Windows and Windows phones and even a few other Android phones as well. Um And if not, there are little uh, films that you can get that plug into micro micro USB uh, that you can get on Amazon and other places that will add wireless charging capabilities to phones that don't come with it out of the box. So there's tons of ways to get that feature on your phone. And and this lets you uh, use that feature really nice. I mean, uh, put that at the dinner table, you know, spot for mom's phone, spot for dad's phone. (laughs) There you go. Never be without power.
0: I don't get this. It's worth pointing out that wireless charging probably isn't the best thing for the lifespan of your device's battery. It generates excess heat. I guess they have a link here.
1: Uh, Heat is the enemy of batteries, but with how quick that we do replace our phones
0: for the most part, um, I only replace mine once every 12 months. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's excessive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think,
0: I think, I think you're an edge case, Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, let's see here. C sharp seven work list of features. This is pretty cool. This is uh. This is Mads uh, Torgerson. He was uh, he posted out here some some different um, categories of items that they're thinking about for C Sharp Seven. Uh, categories: some of them are strong interest, uh, some of them are some interest, some are small but useful, and you know some are probably not at this time. So it's just I think it's sort of sort of a rough first pass at what could be in there. Uh, so a strong interest like there's things in here um, uh, tuples. Uh, pattern matching records slash algebraic data types, uh, nullability tracking, async streams and disposal. So those were the things in strong interest. And each of those has, um, we'll have a link to the show notes to this page, but they're all linked to proposals so that you can see the the details about what they are.
1: Yeah. And you know, this is, you know, as much of a reminder that they are doing this work in public. If you have comments, if there's stuff you want to see, if there's, you know, if you have a really good justification for a feature you really need. Um, this is the place to do it. And since it's early, there's a better chance of it getting included than yep, if you this if you is the best went. time. Um, and even some of those that, you know, I was looking at those in the strong interest. I'm like, don't they already have tuples? But when you look into the, the proposal, you actually see the new features that they want to add in that regard. So um, I, I think there's some really cool things here that, that that are coming up. And like I said, if there's something you or, you know, you, your co-workers have been bitching about in the language you know this is a great time to maybe get those addressed
0: yep no better time than now uh announcing azure service fabric so actually i I talked about this a little bit earlier so i guess i did this out of order but we'll have a link to this in the show notes uh but this is a post from uh, mark rosinovich introducing this service and um right now it's it's you know again a pretty high level description uh, but let me just read through some of the benefits here. Uh, it supports creating both stateless and stateful microservices an architectural approach to our complex, complex applications are composed of small independently versioned services to power the most complex, low latency data intensive scenarios and scale into the cloud. Um, let's see here. And then also it provides uh, the benefits of orchestration automation for microservices with new levels of, of app awareness and insight um, solves hard distributed problems, distributed systems problems. And that's the thing like this, you know, at Microsoft, um, you know, people have been doing distributed systems for quite a while. There's, there's, you know, a lot of experience there, and this actually has some of that experience built into it. Um, so this is this is a really neat project, and it's definitely not for for every project. But there's certain specialized applications where you need like super high throughput, or you need you know stateful in-memory uh, functionality. Uh, this is this is really this is a really cool service and it lets you run, you know, basically um, containers uh, that, that hold your application and you can fire up, you know, multiple instances of those and run your application across, you know, dozens of nodes. And um, so kind I, I guess at this point, I would say stay tuned and uh, watch for information at build. It is a really cool service.
1: Yeah. Just one thing I'd like to add. You know, this is a this is a new Azure offering, but the technology yep. isn't new. It's been the basis of a lot of their big, uh, you know, infrastructure in the past. Yep. So th- this is something that they've internally battle tested for for quite a few years.
0: Oh, it even lists those. Okay, I wasn't sure if those were listed or not. I knew that this powered some of these. So uh Skype for Business so this is back in like we went it was called link um link server for like the presence uh this was this was used for that event hubs uh, document db uses it under the hood and actually that's one of the the reasons I whenever I talk talked about document db i always say born in the cloud and designed for the cloud and and this is why it's based on you know this this the this, this service uh, and then the azure sql database um across more more than 1.4 million customer databases and then also it's used in uh, Bing Cortana I don't know why. Why is it called Bing Cortana?
1: Because that's the APIs that uh, Cortana uses, not Cortana herself.
0: Okay. So it scales to process more than 500 million evaluations per second. So half a billion, uh, which is really cool. So I would, uh, if you are interested in large scale distributed systems programming, I would keep an eye on this. This is very cool. And, you know, this has Mark Rasinovich's name on it. So, you know, it's cool. Oh, let's see. MS band updates. So this is pretty exciting. Um, one of the things that the one thing in here that I'm the most excited about, and I've been using this for a while, and it works really nice, is uh, this particular part. Where does it say here? It says uh, in the coming weeks, customers can track daily steps and calorie burn inside of Microsoft Health app using this. Here we go. Using the sensors contained in many Android phones, iPhones and Windows phones. And then there's a bullet point here. Step tracking capabilities are support via apps on iOS. Okay. So, yeah, what this ends up doing is it ends up... um, Basically, if you don't have your band with you, it's still tracking your steps, which is really cool because, the you know, your phone is already tracking that data via the motion sensor. You know, like the Lumia 1520, the 635, uh, the iPhone, and then some Android phones. Um, They all track this data. So, now this uses it. So, you're saying the
1: most interesting band update is... I have lost my band and want to
0: track this <laughs> no it's uh well you know you take the thing like right ne- like right this second i'm not wearing mine because i'm charging it um because i ended up i actually haven't charged it in a couple days so i was just not good at, at keeping up on the charging uh, it's usually because of where the the charging cable ends up i didn't have it in a convenient place so um you know it just happens or or you take it off because maybe you're you know doing some kind of work where um you know, you, you don't want to hurt the band, right? You're going to like, I don't know. You're, you're digging a hole as an example. I know it sounds kind of, these sound like, like made up examples, but this happens to me all the time where I'm like, okay, I just don't want to damage this thing on my wrist. So I take it off, but I, I still want to make sure that those steps are counted. Yeah. i also, oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, uh, Some of the other things is uh, starting April 27th, there's going to be update to the website on the web dashboard where you're going to get a lot more insights and details. Um, and you're going to get more information about your sleep Uh, about your uh, how much uh, what they call vo2 max is the volume of oxygen used during exercise Mm -hmm. they figured out more ways to calculate how much oxygen you're using based upon what the sensors in the band are telling it Um, more detailed run and exercise things so these are all web-based things that are, are coming out so you won't have to update your band you're not gonna have to update your uh your app locally on your phone those are just things that you're gonna get through the web backends
0: yeah, it's really cool stuff. I, it seems like the band team is, is iterating pretty quickly. And I think it's such a shame, you know, we, we there's just nonstop Apple news. And, um, you know, whenever you hear people talking about it, they don't really talk about the band. And, and most of the, most of the compelling reasons that they talk about the, the watch, the band also does. So I just wish it wasn't so discounted out in the, uh, in the tech press, but it is what it is. Oh, let's see here. What do you want to do next? Carl?
1: I think we can uh, wrap it up and go to our picks of the week.
0: OK, so my Azure pick of the week. Uh, this is really cool. This is um, it's on GitHub. It's Azure, Azure Architecture Guidance from Patterns and Practices team at Microsoft. If you go out here, it's basically um, cloud application design and implementation guide. So uh, there's some categories here like API design, API implementation, auto scaling guidance, uh, let's see here, CDN guidance, caching guidance uh, for each of these categories. You can drill in right on GitHub and it goes through and just has, you know, just explores the topic and offers some guidance and some things to look out for. And um, it's just really a really cool resource. Like I, you know, I work with these things on a daily basis and they're still these are, these are just amazing resources because whenever I whenever I talk to a, a customer or somebody that's building an Azure application, and one of these topics comes up, I'm definitely going to send them a link to that particular section just to make sure that the you know, T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. So that's my pick of the week. What do you have for your app of the week?
1: Once again, going back to a band-related application, uh, this is called Awesome Band Backgrounds by uh, Lance McCarthy, and we mentioned him earlier in the show as well. And this one is just really well done. So this... You're uh, busy, man. Oh, and not <laughs> only... So mentioning that if you look at the release cycle, this app did not exist the last show that we did he's already on version 1.3.1 already um he's put a ton of work into this and um it looks really sharp i i normally when you set up your band you can pick out a background and a color what he did is he realized that you not you can pick not only your base color but a highlight a low light a secondary a contrast color a muted color and it'll all show that differently so if you want them to just be a crazy palette you can do that. You can save your palettes. Um, you can do a, a, a search for images um, and use those searches, resize them and and put that on there. So if you have a band and you just want a great way to, you know, customize it, make it yours. Um, this is a, a really slick way of doing
0: it. This is awesome. This is a great pick. This just looks amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't think Lance sleeps. I mean, if you look at the other stuff that he does, I mean, it, it, it's not just, you know, throwing apps out there. They're all very well done.
0: No, this one's very good. It looks like you hit one out of the park. I mean, be able to search Bing, grab a wallpaper and then crop it, you know, add effects, send it over to the band. Wow. that's just awesome. Very cool. Good job, Lance. OK, Carl. Well, we always do the card game show. So I spo- or the, the game. So I suppose we should still do it, even though it's just you, <laughs> even though it's just you, Carl.
1: I get to pick from all the numbers now.
0: Yeah. 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 You usually only get, you only get to pick from three. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, you, you could pick a number that the, that the first person picked, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so pick a number between one and four. I'll pick two. Two. Would you rather spend six hours lying in a gutter on the side of the street, letting the water splash over you? or also known as Saturday (laughs) or have to spend the day sitting at the bottom of a public trash can on a city street, having people drop garbage on you all day long.
1: I I, I'll pick the gutter. I (laughs) who knows what people throw away in the garbage.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting question. (laughs) Well, here I'll, I'll do a question, Carl. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to look at the card. I'm going to show you on the, on the, on the feet. Actually here, I got to pick a number. I'll pick i I'll pick one. Am I showing the right side? And can nope. you see it? Um, no, I can't. I don't want to. Is it? I don't want to look at the card. So,
1: well, how about I just pick one, anyways? Uh, would you rather always have to carry your dirty socks in your mouth, even <laughs> two feet to the hamper, or always have to use your tongue and mouth to flush the toilet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh this is always like for the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> what the heck? Carry your dirty even two feet. Well, okay. I don't even know. Uh, Well, it says all toilets that. No. Okay. (laughs) I'm definitely picking the first one. I, it, I didn't realize it said all toilets. Yeah. So like I mentioned, we were on vacation and we were traveling. Oh, believe me. Believe me. We saw some bathrooms that, uh, yeah, you didn't, you didn't even want to be in the air in them. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, thank you. Uh, okay. Anything else that we needed to check off the list, Carl?
1: No, I just want to remind everybody: if you're going to be at Build, uh, meet up with us. Uh, we'll have at least stickers with us. I have talked to Jason about what else we might have for giveaways.
0: Uh, oh, but yeah, I still, yeah, I still got a pack, and I'm gonna, I got to make sure I load up with stickers. That's a good point.
1: Yep. and I actually need some more of our wide format ones, Jason. So bring it yep. extra for me. Yep. Um, and we'll be at the Build Blogger Bash if you're there. Come, come up to us. We want to talk to you guys. Um, so meet us at the Irish Bank on Thursday from 5:30 to 8:30. We'll be there.
0: Okay, and where can people find you?
1: You can find me at wpdevguy.com or on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer.
0: Okay, and you can find me at ytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie. Be sure to subscribe by searching for MS Dev Show in your favorite podcasting app. Leave us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast aggregator of choice. Visit us at msdevshow.com where you can leave comments, check out our links, show notes, and more. Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com msdevshow. You can send us your comments and feedback directly to feedback at msdevshow.com.